You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, good evening, Botany. So glad to be with you here today. So stoked to be here at the 5 p.m. And thanks, Adrian, for that introduction. As you mentioned, I'm here with my beautiful wife, Danny, and our new three-month-old, Zayden. They're over the corner there. Wave to us. <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to escape out because Danny knows I'm preaching. And she's like, oh, I don't want to hear this, so I'm walking out. But, uh, but I also saw that he didn't get a welcome pack and a crunchy, so I don't know, dropping... Dropping the ball there, but hey, look, we're really stoked to be here with you guys uh, as we continue this message series. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in giving honor where honor is due. And, uh, you know, I just want to take a moment on our senior pastors, uh, Bex and Steve, who's not here. Uh, you guys are amazing. You're incredible. And, you know, it's really rare to find people who are so genuine and real and vulnerable, and, and you guys are that a um, hundred times over, and we love you guys. We love being under your leadership, and we love having you as our senior pastor. Bonnie, can we just put our hands together one more time for Bex and Steve? Well, I'm really excited to be continuing our message series, Blessed, and we're looking at the fifth beatitude today that comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. It's, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Before we get into it today, let's take a moment to pray. God, we just thank you for your presence in this room. God, we just take a moment to acknowledge that you are here in our midst, and God, I thank you for the opportunity to share the word that you put on my heart to share, but right now, Lord, I say less of me and more of you. God, let this not be my words coming out, but let it be your words, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to all of our hearts, that we would all leave having received something personal from you, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned about, or just over three months uh, ago, my wife Danny and I, we had our very first child. His name is Zayden, and it's been an incredible few months. It's been the best season of our life, and we're absolutely loving it. And you know, since I've become a dad, I've come to a deeper understanding of what it means to receive mercy. You know, over the last three months, I've experienced selfless mercy from others. You know, uh, the very first few times that we took Zayden to the shops or to the malls, I would be pushing him in a pram, and I experienced something that I've never experienced before. You see, I'd have people who would open the doors for me so I could walk through with a pram. Never had that. It's never happened. You know, we had people who would hold the lift doors open so that we could come in. We'd even had people who would come out of the elevator so there was enough room for us to go in while they waited for the next one. And the best part of all, did you know that some malls have got parking for parents with prams right outside the front doors? I mean, I did not know that was a thing. I did not know that was a thing, and had I known, I probably would have bought a pram years ago and just left it in my car so that I could park in that VIP parking. But I'll never forget, there was one occurrence that really just, it opened my eyes to the selfless compassion of, of another person. You see, I was holding Zayden, and we were in a cafe, and I was waiting for my coffee order. Now, the cafe was pretty busy, and there weren't many seats around, and there was this little old lady sitting on a very comfortable seat just behind me. And I watched as this little old lady stood up out of her comfy seat, and she comes over to me, and she asked me if I wanted to sit in that seat 
while I was waiting for my coffee. Now I looked at this old lady and it was very clear that she was gonna be very uncomfortable standing while I sat in that comfy seat. And I remember feeling quite impacted by that moment. See, here was a lady who was clearly ready to inconvenience herself and put aside her own needs for the needs of someone else. And by the way, I'll just let you know I didn't take that old lady's seat, okay? <laughs> I'm not that kind of person. I stood there while I waited for my coffee. But you see, mercy, when we look at the heart of it, it is selfless. You know, as we explore today's beatitude, I think it's important that we first back up to look at who Jesus was talking to when he gave this Sermon on the Mount. You know, if we look at the pretext in Matthew chapter four, we see Jesus traveling around and he was teaching the good news. He was healing people. He was speaking to the lost, the broken, the sick. He was speaking to various communities of different beliefs and faith. He was, you could say that he was reaching the lost. You know, it goes to say that people began to hear what Jesus was doing and a crowd followed him. Then right at the beginning of Matthew chapter five, it says that Jesus noticed the crowd that were following him, so he went to the mountainside and sat down. You see, previously Jesus had been preaching to the lost, he'd been teaching the lost, healing the lost, he'd been reaching the lost, but now on the mountainside, he was speaking to people who had made the decision to follow him there. See, previously Jesus was reaching the lost, but now he was discipling the saved. And so as we read the Beatitudes, we need to understand that it is the good news that brings us to Christ, but it's the Beatitudes that are actually our instruction manual, come on, of how we need to live once we find Christ. And so as we look at the Beatitudes, we need to have this, this concept, this, this pretext in our mind so that we don't miss what it is that God is want, what God is wanting to do. See, Jesus is saying that if we have made a choice to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, then the Beatitudes are the qualities that we need to include into our life. He says that we need to be merciful to others. Now, mercy at that time, it was not a new concept. The, the Jewish people, the Israelites, they knew all about mercy. In fact, many years earlier in the Old Testament, King David he made this statement in one of his Psalms, in Psalm 41, verse one, he says, oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor, the Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. Different wording, same concept. See, on the surface, this seems like a pretty easy task, right? I mean, I'm sure many of us in the room today could, could think of a time where we shared mercy or showed mercy to someone, right? Maybe it was sharing your lunch with someone who didn't have any. Maybe it was spotting a few coins to that guy sitting outside the gas station. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know, paying for someone's groceries who didn't have enough money to pay for it. But all of us can think of a time where we showed mercy. We see, as I said, the first thing we know about mercy is that it is selfless. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. You see, being selfless, it's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking about yourself less. It's thinking about others and putting their needs before your own needs. Philippians chapter two, verse three to four says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, 
or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. There it is, selfless mercy. See, this is what Jesus was trying to get us to understand, that as Christians, we wouldn't be just so focused and caught up with our own needs and what's happening in our own life that we would neglect noticing the needs of our neighbors, but instead that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear the needs of those around us, and we'd be willing to do something about it. See, that's another point, because mercy is not just a thought, it's not a feeling, right? Mercy isn't just seeing something, oh, that's sad. I feel bad for that person. I, I hope they get the help that they need. And then two seconds later, you forget about it as you take a bite of your Krispy Kreme. See, that's not true mercy. See, mercy, mercy isn't a feeling it's when we do something about it. Mercy is an act. It's an act of compassion, an act of kindness, an act of charity, an act of generosity. It's an act of forgiveness, of restraint, of love. You know, earlier this year, we had the horrific floods that happened around, uh, around the country, and in particular in West Auckland. And I remember turning on the TV the next day to, to see the full scale of what had gone on. You know, we'd see people carrying their children in a bag full of uh, clothes on their shoulders while they waded through chest-deep water right in front of their houses. We saw elderly people getting rescued from the second-story windows of their houses. We saw cars floating down the streets. You see, the whole nation was watching in horror and disbelief. And I remember that that weekend, Danny and I, we were praying, and, and we ended up driving through the community to those places that were badly affected. And as we did, we began to see the tragedy with our own eyes. We began to speak to people who were standing outside their house looking at the destruction and the damage and the mess and not knowing where to begin. And so we realized as our hearts broke for the community that we couldn't just stand by, that prayer wasn't enough, that we had to do something. And so we got the church together. We started putting the word out to other pastors and churches and MPs and the wider community. And, and I remember over the course of the week, we were able to go into several streets and clean up multiple houses. We were able to, to um, get donated to um, the church uh, bedding and warm blankets and essential items to give to the crisis centers. We were able to give out over 3,000 meals to those who'd lost their homes or without power. And one thing I love, about Elam Christian Center that in all of our campuses is that we are a center of hope to reach, serve, and influence our community, amen? We're not only looking on the inward, we're not only looking for our own needs, but we're looking at the needs of our neighbors and we're willing to do something about it. You see, true mercy, it's not just a thought, it's not just a feeling, it is an action. It's something that we give away. And so my question to you today, 5 p.m. service, is how good are you at giving away mercy? How good are you at giving away mercy? Right. See, the second thing we know is that mercy, it's unfair. Right, mercy, it's unfair. Mercy means treating someone better than they deserve or not giving them what they deserve. It, it means considering someone else better than or more important than yourself. It's giving the benefit of the doubt. Get this, showing mercy, it's forgiving that person. 
It's being the one to go and reconcile that relationship. It's the one to go and offer forgiveness, even when that person doesn't deserve it, when they don't want it, when they haven't asked it. It's us being the one to go, you know what, I'm just going to give you mercy. But you know, sometimes mercy is not an act of giving, but rather an act of restraint. Some of you will know that before I was a a pastor, I was a police officer. And uh, that might seem like it's a very polar opposite uh, career choice, but you know, sometimes I'm sitting in some meetings with the other lead pastors and I feel like I'm right back at the police, you know what I mean? (laughs) Not the botany ones, of course not. Of course not. But you see, I remember this one day I was working as a police officer and, and I arrested a guy who was the most arrogant, rude, horrible, mean, disgusting person that I have ever met. The whole time I was with him, he was just making, uh, he was just throwing abuse and he was being rude and sexist to my colleagues and he was just not a nice person to be around. Now, as a police officer, I was pretty used to that, and so I'd got him pretty good at ignoring it, but for some reason, this particular guy on this particular day started to get under my skin. He really irked me, and it got to a point where all I wanted to do was give him a piece of my mind and, you know, deck the guy. Can we be honest here? But thank God I knew Jesus. And so I took a deep breath, and I prayed, And before I knew it, I dropped the guy off at the cells and he was no longer my problem. But you see, sometimes showing mercy is an act of restraint. Sometimes showing mercy is simply not decking that person. You know, sometimes I read the Bible and it says that I need to love people. And I'm like, yeah, I love them. But if you ask that person, they might say, you know, I don't think Andy loved me today. And I'd say, yeah, I loved you. I mean, you're you're not unconscious on the ground, are you? Like, I love you. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this to be funny, because the truth is, all of us in the room can think of one person, right? One person who perhaps we have in the past felt like they could do with, you know, a bit of a decking. That they could do, put it this way, with a bit of a humbling experience. Come on, can we be honest here tonight? See, sometimes mercy is an act of restraint. Sometimes it's not something you give, but rather something you refrain from. You see, sometimes mercy is staying quiet. Sometimes it's holding your tongue. Sometimes it's walking away. Sometimes it's keeping the peace. Sometimes mercy is repaying evil with good. Luke chapter 6, verse 35, it says to love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 40, it says, You have heard it been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. See, true mercy, church, is unfair. It goes against this worldview of you give what you get. It, It goes against the whole concept of karma. Mercy says, I will bless you even when you don't deserve it. How many people know that that's not always easy to do? 
That's not always easy to do, right? See, I, I want you to think of that person that perhaps you thought of before that really irks you. That one person who just, everything they do gets under your skin. Maybe it's somebody who has mistreated you or hurt you or bullied you or, or maybe it's somebody who just annoys you or frustrates you. I don't wanna see anyone you know, elbow, elbow tapping the person sitting next to you, but just think about this person. You know who I'm, think, you know who I'm talking about because they're in your mind right now. Now imagine that instead of giving that person what you think that they deserve, that instead you actually gave them mercy. What if instead of talking badly about that person to your friends, you actually started encouraging that person? Imagine if instead of just passing that person in the hallway that you actually spoke life into them. Imagine if your prayers didn't reflect somebody was praying God to spite someone on the spot. You know, revenge belongs to the Lord, but rather you say, God, would you help them with what they're struggling with? Would you help them with what they're going through? See, true mercy is unfair. It's not fair, but it's not supposed to be. You know, how many people know that, that in life, some things will cost you. Some things will cost you. And the truth is that mercy will cost you. But how many people also know that some things are easy to give away where other things are not so easy? Uh, for this next part, I need a, a pen. Who has a pen that I can have and keep? Yep, whoop, whoop, oh, oh, okay, too many pens, one's enough, one's enough. Okay, Man, good thing I didn't ask for a shoe. <laughs> okay, and I can keep this pen? Okay, all right, well, there you go. That's gonna work, hey, pen's still coming in. Okay, this next one, don't throw it up, please, but bring it to the stage. Uh, I need a brand new car. I'm talking about a 2023 model that I can keep after the service, by the way. So, so if you've got a brand new car, and I'm serious, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. Are you okay for me to keep it? No. No one? No, okay, well... Isn't it funny that when something doesn't cost you much, like this pen, when something you have in abundance, it's easy to give away, right? And in fact, this guy literally stole this from the church. It wasn't even his <laughs> to give away. <laughs> but you see, when it comes to something that has cost you a great amount of money, something that you might only have one of, like a brand new car, it's not so easy to give away, is it? See, it's the principle is the same with mercy. If you struggle to give mercy away, then maybe it's because you don't understand how much you have. See, maybe if you struggle to give away mercy, it's because you don't understand how much you have. So let me ask this question. How much mercy have you been given and what has it cost you? How much mercy have you been given and how much did it cost you? Because the truth is we cannot give away mercy until we're overflowing with it. We see this in the Bible. There was a, a sinner that came to the house that Jesus was staying in. You may be familiar with the story. She, she comes in and she brings this little bottle of perfume and in a few moments, she pours it all over Jesus. Now, one thing you need to know about this bottle of perfume or oil is that it was very expensive. In fact, the scripture says that it was worth a year's wages. 
Now, can you imagine today you leave this service, you go down to Botany Town Center, and you spend every dollar that you made this last year, and you buy a little bottle of perfume, and then you go in a few moments, tip it out on someone. Like, that's crazy, right? Anyone would say that you were crazy. In fact, the disciples that were in the house with Jesus, in particular Simon, thought that was crazy. He struggled with this. He exclaimed, what a waste. That perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor. But I love Jesus' response to what Simon was saying. See, he responded with a parable, with a story that shed some light as to what was actually happening in this moment. This is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 7, verse 41 to 43. He tells this story, he says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them loved him more? Simon replied, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus replied, you have judged correctly. Skipping on a little further in verse 47, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven of little, loves little. See, when you understand how much mercy you have been given, you have an abundance of it, and it's easy to give away. But when you have a small understanding of the mercy that you have, it can be very difficult to show others mercy. So I ask you, do you understand how much mercy you have been given? See, Scripture tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet God's mercy for you and I, it's renewed each morning. That means it doesn't matter what sin you did yesterday, it doesn't matter what mistakes you made in the past, because this morning when you woke up, guess what? His mercy for you was renewed. His mercy for you was new. You see, God's mercy for you, it's unending. It's unlimited, it's unconditional. His love and mercy for you, it's unnatural. It, has, it goes beyond any human understanding. His love and mercy for you, it's immeasurable. It is uncontainable. It is simply something that we cannot compare with anything else. But His mercy for you and I, it came at a great cost. See, the truth is that you and I, we were the ones that deserved to be whipped. We were the ones that deserved to be crowned with a, a crown of thorns. We were the ones that deserved to be spat on and beaten. We are the ones that deserve to pick up our cross and carry it through the crowds as they were shaming and booing and cursing. We were the ones that deserved to have those steel nails put between our wrists and our ankles. We were the ones that deserved to be hanging on the cross, bleeding and suffocating in unimaginable imaginable agony. We are the ones that deserve to die because of our sin. But because of the great love and mercy of our God, He did not give you and I what we deserved. Come on, He didn't give us what was deserving of our sin. He didn't give us punishment. In fact, Jesus Christ took the punishment. He took what we deserved. He paid the price and He paid it in full. And do you know what he gave us in return? Grace. 
mercy, love, forgiveness, acceptance, salvation. You see, the cost of mercy, it is not small. It is not shallow. It is not insignificant. The cost was great, but the price has already been paid by Jesus. The best part is, friends, that you don't need to work for it. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to beg for it. Scripture says that it is a gift that is freely given. All you need to do is receive it. You see, when we understand that the cost of mercy is great, but the price we've paid is small, when we understand that every day of our life we have been shown mercy that's been renewed each morning, that we have an abundance, when we understand that, how can we not show other people mercy? How can we not? See, I know that over my entire life, how much mercy have I been given? I can't even think that high. I can't count that high. And I'm sure it's the same for all of us in the room. See, when we understand how much mercy we've given and how it's free to us, it's not hard to give it away. See, whoever's been forgiven of little loves little. But because we know what we've been forgiven of, how can we not have great love? So I ask the question again, how much mercy have you been given? And what did it really cost you? What did it really cost you? In Ephesians chapter five, verse one to two, it says, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, as Christians, and by the way, you've all come in here today to follow Jesus. See, as followers of Christ, we are called to follow Christ's example. And in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus makes this statement to his disciples, those who are following him. He says this, you have received freely, so freely give. See, blessed the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Can I pray for you? Would you mind just closing your eyes across this place and, and bowing your heads just to respect those sitting around you? God, I pray for every single person in the room right now. God, I thank you that your mercy for each and every one of us is renewed each morning, that, that we don't need to struggle or suffer to receive your forgiveness. All we need to do is get on our knees and receive it. God, I pray that for every person in this room that we would have a greater understanding as to the amount of mercy we have received and, and the cost that at the price that it cost. And, it, and as we do, Lord God, I pray that out of that abundance and that understanding, we would show mercy freely. God, I pray that as we leave this place, that we wouldn't just leave having heard a, a good message or a few facts, but Lord, that we would actually impart this into our lives. That where it is needed, we would show selfless mercy. God, that where we can, we would understand the unfairness of mercy where it's not about us. And God, in those moments that we need to refrain out of a place of mercy, that you give us the strength to do that. God, I thank you for every person that as 
they show mercy to others that when they're in trouble, when they're going through a hard time, that your mercy would fall. And that's the blessing and the promise that comes with this beatitude. In Jesus' name I pray. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I wanna pray for you here today. Maybe you've come here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your first time in church or maybe you've been coming for a while and, but if you're honest, you haven't actually embarked on that personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you heard the message today and you heard this idea about fresh mercies. Maybe you caught a glimpse of who God is and you're here today and you're thinking, yeah, you know what? I've got a lot of mistakes in my past. I've got a, a lot of sin. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God's mercy is renewed for you and all who come to the Father are renewed. So if you're in this place and you're saying, yeah, I, I need some of that mercy. You know, I feel strongly that there's someone here tonight where you know that you need to give your life to Jesus and get your life right with God, but you've had this mindset that you need to sort out your problems before you do, that you need to somehow stop doing that, that, that those things that you've been doing before you make the decision to follow Jesus. Let me tell you, you can come as you are tonight. God isn't looking for you to get your life right before you come to Him. In actual fact, that is a lie of the devil. But as you come to him tonight, God will come in and in his mercy and grace will help you deal with those things. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.